Ernest, what's up? Y'all know I'm big on doing your research, sharing your research, and giving credit to where you found the research. But I always get asked the same question. Where do I start with the research? And the answer is easy. It's our sponsor, Yahoo Finance. Whether I'm tracking the daily movement of my favorite companies, doing technical analysis with their easy-to-use charting platform, or checking balance sheets, Yahoo Finance makes something very complex simplified. For more than 25 years, Yahoo Finance has been the brand behind every great investor. Whether you're a seasoned investor or you're looking for extra guidance, Yahoo Finance gives you all the tools and data you need in one place. They're the number one finance destination producing a holistic look at the financial news cycle, including breaking news, original editorial perspectives, analyst ratings, independent research, customizable charts, and so much more. You could actually securely link your brokerage accounts for a unified view of your wealth, including your 401k and other investments. A comprehensive perspective is what sets apart great investors. And it's how Yahoo Finance ensures you have the insight to look at your wealth in its entirety. With a community of over 90 million users each month, their real strength is helping you on your way to financial success. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit the brand behind every great investor, yahoofinance.com. The number one financial destination. That's yahoofinance.com. You heard me, yahoofinance.com. Don't wait, don't hesitate. I use it. You should go over there and start using it now. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com, the tool that makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and goals, and the Wondersuite tools will automatically lay out your WordPress website or store in minutes. Seriously. From there, you can customize your design, pick your brand colors, and add blocks. No custom theme or coding required. You'll get content suggestions that you can keep or revise. And with Yoast SEO built in, we automatically help you get found in search engines. From step-by-step -step guidance to suggested plugins to an AI-powered help bot, our built-in tools make WordPress wonderful for everyone. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, you can join over 2 million Bluehost users. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. That's bluehost.com slash wondersuite. All right, guys, welcome back. EYL virtual edition. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the first of the sorts. And um, this is a very, very special reason for special episode for a couple of different reasons a it's the first time that we actually going virtual yes yeah, um, the time we in the, we in the age of social distancing so we are adapting to the times like everybody else is and b it's something that we haven't covered yet yeah and i think it's perfect timing because we try to facilitate requests for um industries and also for individuals as well when we can and this one is actually one of the top requested for individuals and industries yeah, so for a minute. It's, yeah it's crazy so amazon fba um is huge um there's there's tons thousands of sellers on amazon and what fba stands for is f f fulfilled by amazon yep. so it's a whole industry of um people that work as middlemen for lack of a better word yeah, pretty much to um, buy products and then sell it on amazon but they don't keep um any uh, merchandise or any products on them because it's all shipped from 
different locations to Amazon's warehouses. They have over 100 warehouses in, throughout the America yeah. and all over the world. And then it's shipped to the actual people that buy it. So it's a very interesting business model. So that's something I actually learned about um, very recently. And it's very lucrative, I yeah. found out. So people was asking for us to cover it. And then people was asking for Joshua Crisp. <laughs> I kept hearing his name. I went the to his Instagram. He got Lamborghinis and helicopters <laughs> and all kinds of stuff. Rolexes. Inspirational use only. Yeah, he's living a life. So, um, you know, it was just a perfect match. So we reached out to him. And he was real, real cool about it. He said, yeah, I'll come on. So without further ado, um, Josh, pleasure to have you. Can I call you Josh? Is, is that cool? Joshua, Josh? Yeah, Josh is cool. I appreciate you, All my right. brothers, man, for having me. It's an honor, man. And it's, it's a blessing to be a blessing. So I'm, I'm, I'm ready to get started, man. Help as many people as we can. So let's start at the beginning because um, we like to tell the backstory before we actually get into the business model because I think it's important for people to understand who these people are that we actually bring on the podcast. And... Um, as I said, you're interesting because if somebody looks on your social media page now, they see all of the trappings of success, the the jury, the Lamborghini, <laughs> the you know, trips to Brazil. But it wasn't always like that. Um I know I was watching some of your YouTube clips and you were saying that you come from humble beginnings. He was actually working, I believe, like the overnight yeah, shift. Seven twenty five to seven figures, man. Yeah, yeah, making seven hundred seven dollars and twenty five cents an hour overnight, um, pretty much sorting trash. So you know, it's crazy that you went from that to becoming a millionaire um, in a very short period of time. So can we get into the backstory of how you got to this point and uh, what really introduced you to be an Amazon seller? Yeah, absolutely. So like we was just talking about people see the shine, but they don't see the grind. And it hurt. Like I felt the anxiety as you were talking about it, because I remember vividly. Um, the reason why I go so hard today is because I remember vividly sleeping on that air mattress in that one bedroom apartment, you know, volunteering at the Salvation Army for for canned goods and for bread for my family and, you know, volunteering at the center township, literally pressure washing gum off the, the sidewalk at the um, center hall for vouchers to pay my rent. So, like, I get a little anxiety when you talk about it because I remember that and I always made a vow to myself I would never forget where I was. Um, that way, when I get where I am, that I'll always be grateful and humble. So it's just like bringing that back is like flashback, like a little PTSD. But back in the day, like I always had a, a like a hustle ambition about me. Like even when I was a young and in school, I used to hustle candy, uh, chips, little bags of chips, all types of stuff to just hustle coming up from, you know, where I was at and the way that I came up. Um, and I just always loved hustling. Like I was selling baseball cards, candy, like anything. Right. And where I was at. You know, I was around around the wrong crowd and stuff. And um, back then, there's not much that you could do to make money. So I was always trying to find ways to make money. And I was around the wrong crowd. And you know, I, I ended up being a felon at the age of 18. Like I was a high school dropout. It was, I was a, raised by a single mother at the time. We were struggling. I was like, my mind wasn't on school. It was on like, how can I help my mom out? And how can I provide? So. You know, I ended up making some wrong decisions and, you know, becoming a felon at an early age and had multiple children. So I say that to say, like, I had nothing else that I could do. So at that age, I was working um, for a temp agent uh, called Spartan Staffing for a company called Finitech. And I would literally hand sort through trash for bare minimum wage. That's why, like, if you guys see, like, the podcast or the YouTube, it's the story of 725 to seven figures. I was literally making minimum wage. And I met my wife, who we went to school with, but we really didn't know each other in school. And I met my wife through a mutual friend. And I would go to pick her up and just go to see her on her lunch. 
And uh, her boss was an older gentleman, right? And he was always reading, old school, just always reading the newspaper, always online, just reading news articles. And I would just explain to him, like, yo, like, I want to own a business like you, and I want to be able, like, this is where I'm at. And I know that, you know, my current situation, you know, doesn't have to be my final destination. I want to do something like you, like, own a business. So he ended up being, like, my, my first mentor. I didn't even know what a mentor. I was like, he's an old head. He's got a business. Even though he's not rich, he doesn't have to work for someone else. So I was always talking to him and he was always reading the newspaper and, and he was talking about Amazon like like I think e-commerce is the new wave of the future. This is in 2014. So this is like six years ago. And he was talking about Jeff Bezos and what he was doing and how I, he thinks this is going to be the wave. And he was just always just putting it in my ear and, you know, how I was trying to do so many different things, trying to do all these side hustles and stuff to make money because I was working third shift, 7 p.m. to 3 a.m. I didn't get to see my family. So I was trying to hustle stuff. I was selling clothing. I was cutting grass. I was doing whatever. Like I tried to start a lawn care company, like anything I could do just to hustle to make some money. That's all I knew. And he told me about this Amazon thing. And I really dived in like I didn't even have a computer. I would walk to the library to do research. And the rest is history. Like I learned about Amazon. I tried, I tried, I tried. I kept failing. And uh, after the three failed products, the fourth one was a was a home run product. It changed my life. So that's like a whole like two, three, three years uh, story, like in like five minutes. Yeah. But that's how it started, man. Now, Josh, I, I've been an Amazon member for about that time, but what turned you on to the FBA side of it? So the, the FBA side of it, fulfillment by Amazon is what FBA is, is the way one of the best ways that, in my personal opinion, you can sell on Amazon. So there's a few different types of ways to sell on Amazon. And I'm glad you asked that question. Like I previously said, I was hustling stuff. So when I was going online trying to find ways to make money, I found out about arbitrage, which is another way you can sell online, which is where you take um, brand name products that already exist, large brand name products, you buy them at a discounted price. So if they're on sale or they're at the, the thrift store or something like that, and they're below MSRP, which is manufactured suggested retail pricing, you buy it at that discount and you sell it at full price and you keep the difference. So I was already doing that. I was taking my little bit of money and I was going to the Salvation Army and trying to find designer clothing and I was reselling it on eBay for that full markup. And I was doing the same with Amazon. I was trying to find stuff online, discounts, coupons and buy it on sale and sell it at full price and keep the difference. So when he told me about Amazon, I started researching and learning about Amazon. I learned about arbitrage and I knew that you could do it on Amazon, but that was like a hustle. I wanted a real business that was going to work for me because my mentor always told me that the true key to success is to have your money work for you without you working for it. Like he told me, like, you got to eliminate the hustle mentality. Like, of course, you got to hustle to get things started. But the but the end, you, sh you should have the end in mind in the beginning. And the end is to have your business work for you without you working for it. He was always telling me about less touches and to work on your business, not for your business. So when I was looking at these different methods, I was like, I'm already doing this and I'm still hustling and stuff and it's not sustainable like at that time I didn't know what sustainable was but he would break things down to me like you need something that you can sell over and over and over again what you're doing is making you some fast cash but you can't find these these clothes on sale you can't find these products on sale all the time so when looking at these different methods and stuff in business I said, you know what, like the, the light really, the light bulb really went off. I'm like, these large brands like Beat by Dre or Apple, these large brands are finding products that have demand that people need that they're buying every single day, irregardless of the day, the month, the age, the gender, and they're using Amazon to sell it. 
right? They don't need a physical store. You don't, you don't need to do this. You don't need to make some special product and it's products that people are going to continuously need. So that's when I learned the difference between the two and I dove in to FBA, which is private labels. So you can sell on Amazon arbitrage, private label or wholesale. These are different business strategies. Um, but the strategy that I actually sell, right, the business model is called private labeling. So instead of selling other people's products, large brand name products, we find products that people want that have high demand, low competition, and we create our own brands and then we sell them. So that's what I specifically do. For sure. So can we get into it? Um, the basic basic ground level 101 explanation of what is FBA? I understand that you're selling and it's fulfilled by Amazon. You're a seller of Amazon, but what does it actually entail? Can you give the 101 on the situation? Yeah, yeah. So FBA is fulfillment by Amazon. And this is how the whole, like a bird's eye view looking down. This is how the, how the whole business works. So we find these products. Once we find these products, we're going to find a supplier, rather in the U.S. or overseas, um, doesn't matter where the supplier is at, the supplier is going to make our product. Once that supplier makes our product, they're going to ship it directly to Amazon. And this is where the FBA kicks in, the fulfillment by Amazon. Once Amazon receives that product in their warehouse, they're going to facilitate it, but then they're going to disperse it to other Amazon warehouses. And that's how we uh, they can ship products and it can be prime eligible, which like 80%, high 80% of everybody who shops on Amazon are prime members. So over 150 million prime members in the US. And basically that means uh, whenever we go online on Amazon and shop, we get our products to our doorsteps in two days. So Amazon facilitates it, disperses it to other Amazon locations. And then when consumers, people like me and you go buy products online, Amazon picks it, they pack it, they wrap it, use their own boxes, their own labels, their own workforce. You know, it's under their warehouse and then they ship it directly to customers. And if we get it and we're like, yo, this isn't what we wanted or, you know, um, it was warehouse damaged or they just decided they don't want it anymore. Amazon even handles the customer service. So literally all we do is we find the products, we find the supplier, and we manage our inventory and our advertising, which is all done from the seller central portal, which Amazon created. Um, and that, that's like the bird's eye view of how the whole system works. So the products aren't like company products, they're actually just random products and you're labeling it under your company. Um, that's kind of what I'm understanding. So can you give us an example of like, what kind of products yeah, would, would entail for this? Yeah, absolutely. So I got, I got like, they're all around the house. So this little lint roller, like I just used before the interview to get the lint off my shirt, we would find a product like this. Like there's no label on this anywhere. And let's just say that there's a, um, a huge brand just cause a huge brand sells this product. Doesn't mean that we can't sell this product. You just can't sell it as them if you're not a licensee. So we would find a product that people have a demand for that people are going to use every single day, irregardless of where they live, how, how old they are, um, gender, etc., and then we would create our own brand. So now it, it would be private labeled by our brand. We would put our brand on it. We would ship it directly to Amazon, and they do the rest. See what like a lot of people don't know. Like when you think of like when you need to blow your nose, you say, "Hey, can you pass me that Kleenex?" Right? Kleenex is a brand. The name of the product is tissue. Right? So. That And that's like brand notoriety, and that's what we do is we try to become apex predators for these different categories. Same like when you get out the shower, you use a Q-tip, right? Well, it's actually a cotton swab. Q-tip's the brand name. It's a private label brand name. So we find these products that people need, and we try to become household names. We just find ways to differentiate them, improve them, and uh, to gain market share through differentiating the products, and that's what we do. So you put your logo on it, you put your brand on it, but... 
after that, it comes to a manufacturing standpoint. Like, what's that process like? So once we find a product, so first we want to verify and validate the product before we even order it. So a few things we do is make sure it's not a seasonal product. So I don't know if y'all got kids, but I got kids, and we had these fidget spinner things all around the house, right? Yeah, that's, yeah, a, yeah. that's a trending product. It went up like this, and just as quick as it went up, it nosedives. So once we uh, verify that it's not a trending product, we, meet, we move forward. And you can go to Google Trends. It's a free tool. Type in the name of your product, and you can look at a historical chart. So it'll show you, like, for the last five years, 10 years, has this product been selling every day? So once you identify it's going to sell every single day, because that's what we want. We don't want to hit or miss. We want something that's going to make money every single day. After we uh, knock out the trending, then we look at the seasonality. So we can go on Google Trends again. If it's only selling towards October, like pumpkin carving kit, or November and December, like Christmas lights, then it's a seasonal product. We don't want that. We want January through December. So after we do these little things to verify and validate that product, we go to Alibaba, which is where we find the suppliers. It's free to use Alibaba. You don't need any type of special account, nothing like that. And we're going to go and type in the name of our product. So it just we would type in Lent Roller into Alibaba. It's going to show all these manufacturers. We want to reach out to the manufacturer and we want to you know do our due diligence and make sure that they're 100. So how long have they been in business? How many employees do they have? What is their gross annual? revenue how many uh, star ratings do they have look at them on better business bureau and pre-vet them to make sure that they're legit and then that's where you do your negotiating once you um, come to a conclusion on the price you guys agree on a price you found a manufacturer you're going to give them 30 percent down on the product so that starts and initiates the manufacturing once the manufacturing is done you pay the rest once you pay the rest, they're going to go ahead and ship the product directly to Amazon. So they're going to handle getting it through customs. Uh, they're going to find the freight forwarder, everything for you. It's going to be shipped directly overseas if you're using a China supplier um, and be checked in by Amazon. If you're using a U.S. supplier, then it's from the supplier's warehouse directly to Amazon. Then Amazon uh, checks it in, and you go back to that other process, right? They pick it, pack it, ship it, handle returns. So when you're in Google Trends, from, from what I read, you want to find products that have high demand and low competition. Is there a certain statistic or a metric that you use when you're, you're trying to find that? Yeah, so we use Google Trends for seasonality and to see if it's a trending product. Can you explain what Google Trends are? Yeah, so Google Trends is a, um, a website owned by Google. It's a free tool owned by Google. And it's um it's it's a way to measure um, analytics on products. So if you go to Google Trends, it's products, uh, celebrities, countries. You can go and type in anything, and it's going to show you like historical charts and analytics on that thing. If you go to a movie, it'll show you when the movie was created, how long the movie's been out, how many sales. If you go and put a product in, it'll tell you the first time the product showed up. Um, how long it's been around, how many people on Google are going to type for this product. And the reason why we use Google Trends is because Amazon is a search engine just like Google, and Google's the largest search engine. So even though it's not Amazon direct metrics, it's very similar and very close because Google is a huge search engine. So we go and we find that data from Google Trends, and that's what how we find out, hey, this product's selling you know, 12 months out the year. This product has depth of market, meaning it didn't just spike like the fidget spinner. Like if you go and type this product in, you're going to see for the last 10 years, it's been selling every single day. It's been selling every single month. So we want to see a nice horizontal chart. When we look for products that have high demand, low competition, there's no exact metric that's going to say like, hey, this product has high demand, low competition. What we want to look for is we want to go directly to Amazon and type in the name of the product. And when we're looking at all the different sellers, we want to see how many of those sellers have under 100 reviews, have under 200 reviews. 
that are still selling, you know, 10 plus units a day. If you're selling 10 plus units a day, that's 300 units a month. So that's like the bare minimum metric I look for. So that would equal low competition? And that's how we identify if it has high demand, low competition, right? Another way is there's something called BSR, which stands for best seller ranking. If you're on an Amazon listing and you scroll down, you'll actually see category and then subcategory. So category may be home products, subcategory may be lent roller, right? And then it'll have a number next to it. That's the BSR best seller ranking. So that's based out of a million, uh, out of, let's just say there's a million sellers, it's based out of all million sellers. So if we look at that listing and it's number 10, that's one of the top selling products. So we'll look at that competitor, we'll look at what they're selling, how many units they're selling uh, to make, um, you know, um, to make a statement as to does this product have high demand, low competition. So that's interesting. I just learned something. So I was wondering what actually that meant um, to be a private label, but that's really interesting. So the private label is you pick a nondescript item like a lint roller, which nobody really knows who makes lint rollers, right? right? So now you put your private label on that, which is X, Y, and Z lint rolling company. So you get the lint rollers from China, some warehouse in China, and now you actually brand it with your company, your logo, whatever, X, Y, and Z lint rollers. You put it on Amazon and then they buy it from Amazon. So you never actually get receipt of the product. It goes to Amazon's website directly from the warehouse. We never touch it. It could be US, it could be China, wherever, wherever. Uh, we never touch it. And then when somebody goes to Amazon and types in lint roller, your product shows up um, on the first page. If you can make it to the first page, we'll talk about that. And nobody ever cares like what the company is that makes the lint roller. Right. They usually just go for like the lowest priced item, I think, Let's or, you know, the best reviews or who has the most star rating or whatever. And it's a variety of different products like that, like lint rollers, those things that you like stuff into your shoe to like form your shoe, um, nail clippers, like there's all kinds of stuff that's just really nondescript. Uh, a couple weeks ago, even toilet paper, when nobody could buy mm -hmm. toilet paper, people was going on Amazon to buy toilet paper. <laughs> You're not really tripping off of like, it gotta be Sherman. It's like, <laughs> at this point, you just get whatever you can get. So, same job, now same that I'm time. thinking about it, like, the more and more I think about it, I just think of different nondescript products mm -hmm. that doesn't really matter what the name of it is because nobody ever even knows the name of these products. It's interesting, I never thought about that before. So, this is crazy. So. How much money can you actually make in this business? Because now I'm actually interested. This is extremely interesting. Um, how much money can you make on average? I know it probably varies, but on average, how much money can you make? I'm interested. Yeah. So what we recommend, what we recommend um, is nothing less than 30% net profit margin. So net is going to be after everything said and done. Gross would be like the total number. Net is that keep that number that you get to keep. So we like to shoot for 30 as the minimum. Um, typically it's going to be around 40 to 50%, but it depends on the product, depends on the time of the year. Um, towards the end of the year, you know, price is going to be a little bit higher on logistics, on fulfillment fees, just everything. But typically we like to see between 30 and 50% profit margin. This is after we buy our product after, which is the COG or cost of goods after we ship our product, which is logistics after Amazon stores our product. Cause we're paying fees after we sell a product, they pick it, they use everything after everything's said and done, we want to make 30 to 50% profit. So if we're selling a product for 20 bucks, we want to keep $6. 
And if you could be around 33%, which is right around that bare minimum number, every three units you sell, you're doubling your money. So that's how you could really, you know, start to grow and scale. Yo, this is so crazy because for so long we've been taught like having generic things is not the thing to do, right? And this is a prime example of, yes, this could be a big business of having generic items. But my, my, my question is, what's Amazon's cut? Like, I know they take a percentage. What, what's their cut in this deal? Yeah, so it fluctuates. They're constantly changing like how much they're charging in reference to their referral fee. But it's typically right around 15 to 20% of the product cost so if you're selling the product for 20 bucks they're gonna take uh you know they're gonna take four bucks but that's everything storing the product uh shipping the product facilitating the product that's the referral fee and everything and like i said on top of their fee and the product costs and the shipping and the advertising and everything else we still want to make that 30 to 50 percent profit margin because we're going directly to the manufacturer we're not going to a middleman we're not going to someone who's wholesaling these products we're not going and buying products at a discounted rate we're going directly to the place where they manufacture it where the large brands go we're going where nike goes we're going where beats by dre goes we're going where all the top guys go and we're getting it manufactured so that's how we make our money and that's how we get our margin where it needs to be that's interesting because i always kind of knew that the money was in the nondescript items because if you think about it like let's take something like a refrigerator the average person might buy three maybe four refrigerators yeah. like in their entire life like lifetime they might buy four refrigerators in their entire life maybe not even that much but you pick something like a lint roller or you know q-tips things like that that's reoccurring yeah it's a reoccurring thing you might buy a hundred lint rollers. I gave y'all just the secret sauce. This is the secret sauce right here. The reason why this is a perfect product. Let me let me just break this down. So I like products that are lightweight. So there's two different products. There's lightweight products. There's oversized products. So lightweight products would be something like this. Oversized would be the chair I'm sitting in. So lightweight products are cheaper to manufacture, cheaper to ship, ship cheaper to facilitate, number one. Number two, the reason why this is a beautiful product is because this is a usable product. So I like consumable products, usable products, and giftable products because people continuously use them. So if I buy, like, let's just say this desk that my computer sitting on i only need that once and that's it it's said and done this lint roller once you run out of the tape you might buy the lint roller set but once you run out of the tape you need the tape again or if we have a giftable product that can be gifted for a, a man or a woman guess what there's birthdays father's day mother's day valentine's day graduation they're constantly being uh given another uh example is supplements supplements are very small very cheap to make very small very um cheap to uh, ship very cheap to fulfill and guess what at the end of the 30 days you need it again So you can actually have a subscribe and save meaning it's a continuity package people order it and they get it every single month So some of the products I look like I'm in the beauty really big and I'm in office uh, in office products Very big because these are products that you constantly use that you need to reorder So I'm constantly thinking like we don't want a one-night stand with our customers We want the marriage and so many people focus on that one-night stand like how can I make the most amount of money on the first? First touch or what's the product that people were gonna buy a lot of on that first touch I'm thinking down the road what's a product that you know I may not crush it on the first touch but they're gonna be locked in and we're gonna have a marriage they're gonna need it every single month for the next year the next two years the next three years and that's something like amateurs they monetize the front and experts in this business they monetize the back they don't focus on the one-night stand it's that marriage there you have it ladies and gentlemen Ooh. 
whole lot of game. Whole lot of game. So we gave you uh, the one on one. So in the next segment, we're gonna go over some steps to get you up and running, um, so you can get started. All right. Yeah. So in this segment, we're gonna actually go over the steps, actionable items. But you know, I was just thinking about it, and that just really makes a lot of sense. And sometimes the simplest things are just mind blowing. And it's like I never really thought about it, but it's like makes complete sense like nobody ever looks at the brand name of a lint roller as long as it works man yeah it's what all the big guys are doing beats by all this is is a private label product this is made in china these are made for 16 dollars, and he's selling them for 200 dollars. why because of the brand name so the whole goal like i said like kleenex like everybody like yo hand me a kleenex that's not the name of the product that's the name of the brand you see what I'm saying? Like the Q-tip is not the name of the product. It's the name of the brand. So you want to become a, a category king. Like Apple's a category king. Beats by Dre is a category king, right? So that's that's basically all they're doing. Like if you look on if you look on the bottom of an Apple product, it says made in China. You look on the back of these made in China. So they're basically finding products that people need. Everybody needs to listen to music. Everybody needs to clean their ears and they're slapping their brand on it right now. Now, not, not everybody has a huge brand like Dre, but if you create a good product, good customer service, you can become a category king because, you know, Beyonce is not going to go drop some Q-tips. Right. Like I sell a lot of office uh, office products. I'm crushing it because there's no huge brand that's taking it on. Like you're not going to see Jay-Z, you know, shooting or Kanye doing a line of binder clips. You know what I mean? Or three ring binders. So if you go in there and then you serve these people and you're making sure that you're reading the reviews of the competitors and you're making it a better product, you're making it a more affordable product and you're doing all these things. Now you become the category king and people are like, I want such and such, which is your brand. So that's what we do. And it's like. It's the most sustainable business model. Like people ask me all the time, like, yo, is Amazon dead? Like so many people are starting to sell on Amazon. Is Amazon dead? Is this saturated? Can you still sell? I'm like, let's forget about Amazon, which is the largest company in the world. The founder is the richest man alive. Let's set all that aside. What is selling on Amazon? What is private label products? What is this? Right? There's a demand. You need to hear your music, so there's a demand for headphones. I have the supply. It's supply and demand. If you go back to the Renaissance period when there was castles and horses and sword fighting, knights needed swords. So they went to a blacksmith. The blacksmith made the sword. They had the demand. There was a supply, and they exchanged, whether it be coins or they bartered. So it was just a direct exchange of supply and demand. So now times have changed, and now we have computers, smartphones, tablets, and when we need something, we go to the market, which is Amazon. Amazon facilitates everything. They have everything, any and every product you can think of, basically except cars, which soon they're working on that. And we just go buy what we want, and boom, it's to our house two days later. So when people ask me, like, is it dead? I'm like, no, it's not dead. This supply and demand has always existed. There's always been a need for items, and this is just the most relevant, most up-to-date, most user-friendly and effective way to purchase products. Like even during a pandemic, if you need something and you don't want to go to the store, or you can't go to the store, you go online, less than five minutes is bought, and then less than two days is to your doorstep. What you just said was, that was crazy. That's actually extremely, extremely important. That's a gym where it's like, everybody, not everybody, but a lot of people are private label companies. And it's like, you use the example of Beats by Dre. So it's like, yeah, if you don't really necessarily have your warehouse where you're actually making products yourself, um, which almost nobody really does you're getting it made somewhere else and then getting it shipped and then putting your logo on it 
um, essentially you're a private label company, right? And it's like, the only difference is that like a Beats by Dre has celebrities that endorse the product and they have Dr. Dre's name on it. Mm -hmm. And you know, all of these different things, it's a billion dollar company now, but in the essence, the core business model, especially at the beginning stages, I'm sure is kind of the, the same thing. So that's, that's really crazy. That's, that's interesting. If you really think about it, everybody's a private label. Yeah, absolutely. So peep game, there's three different ways. We talked about arbitrage where you go to Best Buy and you get something at a discount and then you sell it for the MSRP and keep the difference, right? That's arbitrage. You have wholesale where I go and find companies and I, I have them sell me the product at a discounted rate at a wholesale price and I become a distributor and I sell it at an MAP, which is minimum advertised price. So that's strategy number two. And then there's strategy number three, people call it private labeling, which is what I just explained, right? But if you think about it, the distributor, the wholesaler who's wholesaling you the product so you can become a distributor has a private label product that you're becoming a distributor of. And if we arbitrage products where we go buy private label products of large brands at a discounted price and resell it at that MSRP and keep the difference, what are we doing? It's just a different form of private labeling. So what we're doing is we're cutting, cutting out the middleman. We're not going to a wholesaler and becoming a distributor. We're not hoping that we find products at a discounted price and sell it for that MSRP. We're just finding the products that the big guys need or big guys are selling. We're making our own, sending it direct to consumer, and we're making all the profits. Like so many people say, like, I, I don't want to get started with headphones because Beats by Dre are the best. Beats by Dre are not the best or the well-known. They're the most well-known. You can go directly to the same factory and make the same headset more affordable and actually improve it and still get sales. And still get sales. Like, I'm competing with Amazon. I'm competing with some of the largest companies in the world. And people have this misconception, I can't compete with them. Why not? Adidas competes with Nike. Same stuff. Same supplier. Made in the same country. Made out of the same fabric. Different brands, different uses. So what I do is I literally look at these products. What is the pros? What is the cons? What people love, I don't change. What people hate, I implement immediately. And because I'm such a small company and I'm so hands-on as a private label seller, we can dive deep and become obsessed with making this product the best that it can it can be. You know, once you have a product that's crushing it, even though they have huge budgets, huge teams, they're on research and development for more products. They're not worried about making this the best of the best. So like when you're hands-on and you become obsessed, it's all your money, you can literally dive in and make this thing, you know, make this thing great. And that's what I do. Like if you look at Peter Thiel, uh, the co-founder of PayPal, right, with Elon Musk, and they asked him, like, how did you revolutionize the payment processor industry? And he said, dominate the sector, control the space. So instead of going wide, I'm going small. I'm going narrow. I'm focusing on that one thing. Instead of hundreds of SKUs, I have only a dozen SKUs. But those dozen SKUs are household names. I'm trying to dominate the sector and control the space. Like I explained, like tissue paper with Kleenex or um, – uh, Q-tips with, with cotton swabs, they dominate that sector. And then Zig Ziglar, one of the best marketers alive, he said, when the market zigs, you zag. So I'm doing the complete opposite. People are racing down to the bottom trying to be competitive with their pricing. My pricing is higher and I'm selling more and making more money. Why? 
Well, why is Apple one of the most commonly purchased consumer electronics products? And it's 60 to 80% higher than HP, Dell, and all the other competitors. Why? Because the consumer product experience is that much better. The quality in the product is that much better. The customer buying experience is that much better. The customer support is that much better. The packaging is that much better. So I always tell like my students and people who I'm helping, when you're thinking about products, when you're thinking about product packaging, when you're thinking about customer experience, what would Apple do? You know, like the WWJD, what would Jesus do? What would Apple do? And if you follow their entire model, you can't lose. That albatross process, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, but it, it reminds me of the kid who goes to Walmart, buys water, right? Goes outside and sells it at a discounted price and keeps the profit from what he's, he originally bought it, right? Am I getting that correct? You're basically a middleman. You go into the plug, you get it at a discount because you buy in bulk. And then you try to sell. It's the same. So arbitrage and wholesale is the same exact thing. The only difference between wholesale and arbitrage is arbitrage, you're buying, like, I'm going to go, let's just say Black Friday Beats by Dre is 50% off. I'm just throwing something out there. I'm going to go buy 10 of these, wait till Black Friday's done, and sell them at MSRP, which is Manufactured Suggested Retail Pricing, and I'm going to keep the difference. Wholesale is where I go to a private label company, like let's say that I got this brand and I'm crushing it and you wholesale and you, you want to add to your catalog. You come to me like, yo, I want to buy 10,000 of them units and be able to sell it under your brand. You're not creating your own brand. You're just asking for a licensee agreement. So now you have the rights to resell my product and I'm giving you a little bit of love and that cushion in the middle is what you make. So now you're the middleman. Private label, you're the plug. You're going right, just like Frank Lucas did. You're going right to the jungle. You're getting the stuff made. <laughs> you're stamping it with your logo and you're sending it right to Amazon. You Blue, Blue Magic Brand was name. the stamp. EYL is our stamp. That's a fact. The best product on the block, for sure. So um, let me ask you this because you know, my whole thing has always been 100000 Like, if, if I'm looking at a business or if I'm interested in a business, I want to know, does it have the ability to make $100,000 a month? Not to say it's going to make $100,000 a month, like, as soon as you get in, but I just want to know that I could potentially make $100,000 a month. If not, I feel like I'm wasting my time. It's just my own personal take on it. So that's how I gauge anything. It's like, is it able for me to make $100,000 a month in it? So, being a, a seller on Amazon, um, $100,000 a month, is it is that reachable? And, and if so, like, what does it take to make $100,000 a month selling products on Amazon? Absolutely, man. Like, success is math. So you just got to break it down. Like, if you want to make 100000 a month, how many products do you got to make, right? So 30 units a day at $10 profit is how much? $300 a day, right? If you times that by 30 days in the month, that's around $9,000, that's with one product. You wanna make 100 Gs profit a month, you need nine more of those products. Or you break it down, how many units do I have to sell per day of one product? And when you go and do the research inside the software, there's tons of different softwares where you can find these products. You just go and you input that data. It's hard to do it without showing you guys, but if you need to sell 100 units a day at $10 profit to make $1,000 a day, that's 30,000 a month, you go and say, hey, I wanna find a product that um, is selling X amount per day, X amount of units, X amount of profit, and then you just reverse engineer it, right? Success is math. You just break it down. It's that simple. All right, so let me ask you this, because I actually Googled it, and um, I got a list of like some steps that um, beginners can take to get up and running, and it was a list of like seven different steps. So they said the first step is to create an Amazon seller account. The second step is to pick a niche. Um, the third step is to research products. The fourth step is to establish product sourcing. Um, and then you have to establish a brand. Then you have to create 
product listing, and then you have to market your products. So those are the seven uh, commandments according to Google. Uh, <laughs> does that does that sound about right? How do you feel about that? So so let me intervene. Step number two says pick your niche. That's the opposite of what I teach. I always teach my students that you want to lead by data, not by emotion. If you're picking something, you're picking it because you think it's going to do well and you're not going off of the data. So many of the mistakes I see my members and new Amazon sellers make is they try to lead with emotion, not with data. Perfect example, men that are into fitness, they always wanna launch the next supplement, the next workout gear, so on and so forth. Women that are into beauty, they wanna be the next Kylie Jenner. And even though they're passionate about it and they love it, that's not the smartest, most advantageous product to launch. So I always tell people, just start with an open slate, do the product research, because some of the most profitable products that you're going to make a killing off of are products like this that you would have never in a million years thought about launching or you're not passionate about, but they're making all the money. So I always tell people lead by um, data, not by emotion. So, yeah, you want to get create your Amazon seller account. You want to start with an individual account. It's absolutely free. We don't change that by clicking a button to professional account until we have our products um, actually being checked in because if you have a professional account, it's $39.99 a month. We don't want to pay that money until we have products live. Uh, number two is we want to get right into product research. It's the most important um, aspect of the entire business. We want to find these products that are going to sell 24-7, 365. We want to find these products that are not seasonal products, meaning they're going to sell 24-7, 365, that are not trending, meaning that it has depth of market. If there's volatility or there's no sustainable track record of sales, that's risky. We don't want risk. We want to make a lot of money. And again, we go to Google Trends for both of those, a free resource. Um, once we identify all those things, we go to the supplier, we find the supplier, we want to make sure that we're going to be able to make that margin. So we're going to use a free tool called the FBA calculator. It's a free tool that Amazon owns, fbacalculator.com. We're going to put in how much is the product selling for, how much are we going to get it from the supplier, and all the other fees associated with that. And it's going to spit out the profit margin after Amazon takes their piece of the pie. So if it's below 30%, we need to increase the price or decrease the purchase cost. Right. So by doing that, we can manipulate and get that profit margin to where we want to be. The goal is 30 percent bare minimum, 33 percent. Every three products you sell, you double your money. So if you put 10,000 into product and you're at 33 percent, every three products, you're flipping that money. Right. So that's the whole goal is to really just scale this thing. And then the way that you scale this thing is by adding more products to your SKU. You rinse and repeat. Once you get the first product, it's all downhill from there, because what I teach is the actual brand approach, not the generic approach. So the generic approach is where you have tons of different private label products. You might sell this phone mount, and then you might sell a calculator, then the lint roller, and have all these different products. That's one strategy. The more sustainable um, strategy that I recommend is the private label. So we do a catalog. So if we launch this product, and it's in a specific uh, category, we wanna launch other relevant products to this catalog and create our own catalog. And the reason why I say that first product is it's downhill from there is because we already have the plug, we already have the supplier. So after that thing's up and rolling and it's, it's making us money 24 seven, 365, we go to the supplier and say, hey, send me your catalog of products and what other Amazon sellers are selling. And we go through it and we do our research and they already shaved time off the hourglass. So then we find another product and we just rinse and repeat and you keep stacking products. And that's how you scale this thing. All right, so once we got our product and we got our logo, all that put together, 
What are some of the upfront fees that we're going to need to get this product really out there and be a successful uh, company? No, yeah. So um, the fees associated with starting the business is number one. The main fee is going to be your product, right? Because we're not drop shipping where people buy our product and then we pay the supplier afterwards. We're actually, we own the brand, we own the product. So the number one fee associated with the whole business is going to be um, your COG or cost of goods. Now, it depends because your product could cost a dollar, it could cost $12. But what I usually tell people when they're starting out is to start with no less than $1,000. Have $1,000 that you can allocate directly to your inventory. Now, some people may say like, hey, I was watching on YouTube and reading blogs and stuff. And they're saying like three to 10,000 to start your first product. How can I start with only 1,000? What I do with the AMZ formula, what I teach people is how to micro launch products. So logically, what you would do is find out how many units you're going to sell per month. If you anticipate that you're going to sell a thousand units a month, and your unit cost is $3, that's a $3,000 launch because you don't want to run out of inventory. But what I've learned through trial and error with my own brand and through helping you know thousands of people around the world is that there's no software that's 100% accurate and there's nothing like actual factual buyer data directly from Amazon. So we don't put all of our eggs in one basket and launch 3,000 units or 1,000 units. We'll actually order 20 to 30% of the inventory that we anticipate on selling for that month We'll get it to Amazon as quickly as possible because success loves speed, and we'll test actual buying data from consumers. And if it sees that we're getting consecutive days, like three to five days consecutive sales of what we anticipated on selling, then we make that back order. But if it's not, then we liquidate it and move to the next product. And this is like my proprietary system, and this is how you profit off of failing product. Um, so many people put all their eggs in one basket, but if you drop the basket, all the eggs are gone. So instead of putting all my money in one product, we'll micro launch three products at once or we'll micro launch that one product. That way, if we get it to the marketplace and it doesn't perform the way we anticipated, we can liquidate that product at a profit and move to the next one. Because you got to remember, like so many people ask me, like, what's the worst that can happen with their product? Like a failing product or a losing Amazon product, what does it look like? How much am I gonna lose? What's the worst case scenario? And if you do this properly and you cross your T's, you dot your I's and you do that product verification and validation that we discussed, the worst thing that's gonna happen is you're not gonna sell enough units daily to reach that 10,000 profit a month or 3,000 profit a month or whatever you're anticipated on it selling. It may be one here, two there. It may be inconsistent. But you have to remember you're still at that 30% to 50% profit margin. So even though it's a loser because it's not making us what we wanted to make, it's still profiting. And we only have a specific amount. We don't have an abundance of units that we can't get rid of or that's going to take a long time to get rid of that's going to lock up our capital. So we can liquidate it, profit on the liquidation of that product, put all the proceeds into another product and just keep testing until you find that one that's going to have consistency. So you mentioned something earlier um, where you said, you know, there's different software that you can use to actually find out if a product is going to be an actual good seller or not. So I know that's something that, you know, is probably my biggest question and I'm sure a lot of other people's um, question as well. So how do you determine if it's going to be a good product? Like what are some of those softwares or websites um, that you were referring to? So, 
it's a combination of a few things. Using Amazon's direct website, using the free resources that we talked about, like Google Trends, free FBA calculator to determine the seasonality, the trend, the profit margin. Um, but there's many of different softwares. Like I personally use Jungle Scout. There's dozens of different softwares that are relatively inexpensive, like between 30 to 50 bucks. Niche Hunter, is that one? Um, Niche Hunter's one. There's there's tons of them. Viral Launch, um, Viral Launch, Helium 10, Jungle Scouts is the one I personally use. There's tons of different softwares out there. And what this does is basically take all the data that's on Amazon and compiles it in front of a uh, user face, right, an interface. So um, after you do all that manual stuff to see is the product trending, is the product seasonal, is the profit margin there, then you can use this software to actually pull up, hey, this is all, this is all the sellers, this is the average reviews, this is the average amount of sales. So you basically wanna compare the amount of sellers, the amount of revenue to the amount of reviews. So one of the, like the tell, uh, telltale ways of seeing if a product has high demand, low competition, is comparing the reviews to revenue. So our bare minimum is we wanna see a majority of the sellers selling a product at 300 units per month that's 10 units per day and we want that profit margin to be around you know uh 30% like we mentioned, and we want a majority of the sellers to have less than 200 reviews. So if you see a bunch of sellers who are selling a crap load of products per month, you know, 100, 200, 300, 1,000 units per month, but they all have two, 3,000 reviews, that means that there's a lot of OGs in that industry. There's a lot of people that's been selling that product. They have established a track record with that, um, with that industry. People prefer that brand, just like Colgate. Like if you go into toothpaste, it doesn't matter if you're cheaper or you're better people love colgate they're not going to try the new guy right so that's how we established does that product have high demand low competition is a lot of sales a little bit of reviews yeah so now that you have the product and you're registered on amazon.com what's the process of getting it to the front page because that's what everybody sees right or even in the first two pages is, is there like a seo strategy that you can use yeah so seo is search engine optimization and that's a good question so a lot of the money like i said amazon is a search engine just like google so the main goal as a seller is to get your product as high to the first page as you can. Um, and the way Amazon, their whole algorithm works, it's very simple. If you're the number one guy in the world and you're selling 100 units a day, I just need to sell one more unit than you for a few days in a row. So all we have to do is uh, run, we can do giveaways, and there's so many different tools. We can run giveaways, we can do influencer marketing, we can do PPC, which is pay-per-click, and a majority of this is all within Amazon Seller Central. We can do this all within Amazon. The only one that I use that's very effective that's outside of Amazon, which we were talking about, is influencer marketing. Um, and this stuff's super, super simple. Like In 2018, Jeff Bezos had a letter to shareholders that said that sales, like third-party sellers, are kicking first-party uh, sellers' butts. So people like me are kicking Amazon's actual brand's butts and other huge uh, conglomerates and brands' butts because of the powerful resources that they're dumping millions of dollars into. So like, I don't know if you guys ever try to run Facebook or YouTube or Google ads. They're complex. They're difficult. The whole user interface is difficult, and uh, you got to know what you're doing. With Seller Central, like you can set these ads up in a like in a, in a minute or less. There's a few buttons, and you click start. It's not as complex as Facebook or Google, and they're very effective. And we're able to literally take our product that no one knows about, that barely has any reviews, and push it to the top of search results by this pay, uh, paid advertising. 
And then my secret weapon is the influencer marketing. So this is the only thing that's done outside of Amazon. And basically it works like this. I use Instagram because a lot of people know me on Instagram. You go into the search bar. Let's say we're launching a yoga mat. You type in hashtag yoga and it's going to show all the hashtags. And next to it's going to show the number, which is the amount of actual searches and posts. You want to find that keyword that has the most search, uh, search volume or post volume, which means it's the largest and most impression-based keyword, meaning people were basically searching for that keyword. So it's going to be hashtag yoga. We click on hashtag yoga and we scroll through all the feed and we just start clicking on different posts to find influencers. So influencer is someone who has um, a special following in a specific category. So we want to find someone that has over 10,000 followers. And the reason why 10,000 10, is the magic number is because on Instagram, if you have over 10,000, you can do a swipe up story, meaning on their story, you can swipe up and send them directly to a website. So we want to reach out to them by hitting the message button, which is the DM, right? Yo Gotti made that <laughs> Uh, famous. <laughs> you want to slide into their DM and just say, hey, my name is Josh. I'm getting ready to launch this yoga mat on Amazon. Um, I love your page. I love what you're doing. I'd love to give your audience um, a discount on my product, which is an amazing product. And I'd love to work with you. And they're going to be like, yeah, sure. Awesome. Um, send me 30 bucks via cash app or via PayPal. Send me your link and send me your content. So you send them a picture. You send them the link to your Amazon store. They post it. Now, people who love yoga, who want to buy a yoga mat are going directly to your Amazon store um, to buy your product. And remember, all we got to do is sell more than the other guy a few days in a row to kick his butt and move up in the uh, search results. And that's what we do, man. That's the whole strategy. Yeah, yoga mats are another good one. Um, yoga mats are huge. One, another product where nobody cares who makes a yoga mat. I haven't ever seen anybody that's tripping off of um, the designer. <laughs> They're not looking for Gucci uh, yoga mats. So... Let me ask you this. I think you might have asked this already, but I like to ask questions twice sometimes to really double down for people that are slow learners like myself. Um, this is a, this is the big this is the big one that everybody's probably wondering. Um, what's the budget that you actually need to get started in this business? Yeah, so I highly recommend. Obviously, the more that you have access to, the better. But I recommend nothing less than a thousand dollars to micro launch and test your first product. Also, here's another thing. I'm a, I'm an avid practitioner of OPM, which is other people's money. So even if you have cash burning a hole in your pocket or your banking account, but you have a 0% interest uh, credit card or you can go sign up for a 0% interest credit card, use that because it's free money for the 12 months. Plus, you're going to get the bonuses and the benefits, uh, so on and so forth. So. Like I said, $1,000 to get started, bare minimum. Uh, definitely use lines of credit, business uh, business lines of credit, or just credit cards. That's what I do. I never use my debit card. I personally use the gold Amex card because we get 4X points on two different categories. So the two biggest categories that the money is going to be spent with your business is number one, sourcing products, and number two, advertising. So with that gold Amex business card, you get 4X the points on two categories, which is um, um, products, right? Sourcing products, manufacturing products, and then you're advertising. So I'm using that and I'm like, people see me traveling around the world, like them, them flights are free. The hotels are free and I'm doing it all off my Amax points. Yeah. So I know you mentioned Alibaba as a potential manufacturing partner. Are there any other ones that you would recommend or you know that's out there that, that are pretty good? Yeah. So Alibaba is a website. It's like a broker that, and then it's like a, um, 
it's almost like Amazon. So Amazon is not the seller, but they have sellers underneath their platform. Alibaba is not a direct manufacturer, but people who are manufacturers go and list underneath Alibaba. There's a few others like DHgate and AliExpress, which is a subsidiary of Alibaba. But Alibaba is the largest, and it's going to have the best prices. It's direct B2B, business to business. Dope. So that was a lot of information. Um, But I just got one last question before we go into our last segment. Virtual assistant. Uh. Um, I saw you mention that on your YouTube channel. Can you just give some information on on virtual assistants and and how you're actually utilizing that? Yeah, yeah. So VAs or virtual assistants are like another secret weapon in my business because the whole thing is I follow this strategy. It's called the ASAP, right? So ASAP is an acronym. It stands for Autonomous Sustainable Action and perpetuity. So I'm always trying to find these four things and actions in there because faith without works is dead. You got to take action and you're not going to get any results, right? So I'm always trying to find out ways to automate and delegate and not participate. And that's what, if you go back to the beginning of the story, like my first mentor was always talking about touches. Wait, wait, wait. Hold up, hold on. Say that again. You said automate delegate and not participate yeah i'm trying to find ways to automate and delegate and not participate i'm always asking myself is this the highest and best use of my time and energy like you want to become a millionaire you got to think like a millionaire you want to become a billionaire you got to think like a billionaire and they're always they value their time more than anything and they will trade money for time 10 times out of 10. So I'm always thinking of ways to scale the business and scale the velocity and the volume of, in our business without scaling the amount of energy and time it needs for me. So the way I'm able to scale my company is by taking the reputitious duties that need to be done and by outsourcing it for pennies on the dollar for employees. So many people think that it, they got to do everything. They got to wear every hat because they can't afford to hire an employee. But there's VAs in all the top companies, Fortune 500 companies like GE, like Apple, all these large companies, they use virtual assistants. And a lot of you guys who hear this right now, you're gonna be like, 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 man, I was on the phone on customer support with this large company and it was someone who barely spoke English. And that's how they're able to do this is by using these VAs, which are employees in other countries. So the best country that I have found that's not only very, very um, affordable, but they are very loyal and very hard workers is workers out of the Philippines. So you can go to onlinejobs.ph. And you can hire virtual assistants to do daily tasks to help you with your business anywhere between $1.50 per hour and $5 per hour, depending on what they're doing. A majority of my virtual assistants are at $2.50 per hour USD. They work 40 hours. And the beautiful thing on top of being able to hire people in your company who are loyal and hardworking is if you're in America – and like right now it's 12 o'clock in the afternoon. Well, in the Philippines, it's like 12 o'clock at night or eight o'clock at night. So while I'm sleeping, our other employees in other countries are actually up working. So now our company's operating 24 seven, 365 instead of 12 hours out the day or eight hours out the day. So that's two key components to scaling is number one, you're able to automate and delegate instead of you actually participating doing repetitious stuff. Because if you're doing repetitious stuff that's, that you can easily delegate, you're working for your company and not on your company. So, and this took me years. Like I've made millions of dollars across my three companies. I've made millions of dollars. And it was a combination is as entrepreneurs, we're control freaks. It's like our baby. It's like our child. Like we built this thing up and we want control of everything. So it's hard to give it to someone else knowing they're not going to care for it the way that you would. They're going to treat it. You know what I mean? They're not going to treat it the way that you would. So it's difficult. But on the obverse side of that, you have to, to understand in order to scale 
that you have to be able to delegate. And that's like a key thing. Like you guys got to focus on working working on your business instead of for your business. So now, like I'm an avid believer in the 80-20 rule. I tell people this all the time. 80% of the profits, 80% of the momentum, 80% of the results comes from 20% of the effort. And now I can get more done in less time now than before when I was following the Gary V. Like I was working 16 hours a day, 20 hours a day hustling. And I would literally get depressed if I didn't fall asleep at my computer because I thought I wasn't doing everything I could, you know, to accomplish my why, which was helping my family out like I told you guys. But now you can work smart, not hard. And by being productive, there's a huge difference between being uh, productive and being busy. See, I thought being busy was being productive. Now, by through time management and virtual assistants and, you know, just keeping track of everything and using softwares like Slack and Trello, which are management tools, I'm able to be productive and accomplish way much more in less time, which means I can spend that time with my kids, with my wife or working on other things. Nah, that was powerful, man. That was a lot of information, a whole lot of game. So we're about to bring it home in the last segment. All right, so in the last segment, we're going to talk about education. And, um, you know, it's really weird because we bring a bunch of people on the podcast in all different walks of life and all different businesses. And, um, you know, the one thing I always were puzzled about is that people, like, spend tens of thousands of dollars in college. And they learn from business professors um, that most of the time, the people that are teaching these professors, teachers, they never actually did what they are teaching. Everybody can tell you how to do it. They never did. Yeah, they just study business. So they're teaching you about business, but they were never in business themselves, right? Um, but you never really think to question your college professor about the nonsense that he's teaching you. <laughs> and then it's like an entrepreneur who might not even have a college degree, but is a millionaire who's made a bunch of money, who's successful in their business, and they start a course to teach other people, um, people are very skeptical about that. Like I see that a lot, especially online. So it's just interesting because I feel like you have to invest in in your business. And we talk about this all the time. And I feel like no matter what, um, the podcast is a great resource and YouTube is a great resource. Google is a great resource. But if you're really serious about starting a business, like if you have no idea about anything at all and you're just trying to become you know, a trucker, even, you know, four hours of a podcast probably isn't enough information. You probably want to pay yeah. $1,000, $2,000 to actually learn how to do it, right? So, but it's still interesting because people don't really pay a lot of time for education and they make, you make way more mistakes when you don't pay because now you're just paying with experience and time. Whereas if you actually paid and went through a proper educational channel, then you actually become a success. Yeah, because you're paying for their mistakes. Yeah, it's the same, like I said, it's the same thing with school. People have to look at it from school. I think we're, we're just trained and we feel comfortable with school because that's like tradition and that's what we're used to. Yeah. Whereas like, you know, untraditional forms of learning, like learning from an entrepreneur, stuff like that, a lot of people are kind of skeptical and they don't really believe they want to like do it themselves. But it's like, would you just say, okay, I watch YouTube for, a do for an hour, now I can be a doctor? <laughs> Like probably not qualified to give open heart no, surgery no at that point. Houses here. Yeah, probably gotta go to medical school. So, and then I always realized that for me, entrepreneurs that teach people, they're interesting too because it's like they made money in their business already. They don't necessarily have to teach. Of course, teaching is a business as well. We never apologize about making money. That's the whole point of any form of business. You should always get paid for any service that you do as long as it's done well. 
But um, I'm just curious to when entrepreneurs decide to teach other people. So you, you're interesting because you come from humble beginnings. Then you made a, a boatload of money. You made millions of dollars. So at what point did you decide that having money and being successful um, wasn't good enough and you wanted to actually start teaching because you have a whole educational portal and you teach people how to do this. Um, so yeah, what, what was your thought process and your journey into doing that? Yeah, absolutely. So I, first and foremost, I understood the sorority that a formal education will earn you a living and a self-education will earn you a fortune. Um, the only difference between where I was five years ago in 2014, uh, the beginning of 2015, making bare minimum wage, not being able to barely survive and put a roof over my, my family's head or food on the plate. And now where I am, you know, a uh, self-made millionaire before 30, the only difference is the information. Right. And I understood that information changes situations, but only through implementation. I understood that that was the lack. The reason why people love school is because you're in a school setting and you're forced to actually implement. That's why so many actual entrepreneurs fail is because when they get started, they give up too early. So the one main word that made me want to get into the educational uh, space and start teaching with the AMZ formulas um, impact. Right. The AMZ formula was my formula. I created it for myself. You know, it's made me millions of dollars. So I knew it was tried and true because I was doing it myself. And the reason why I got into this space is because impact, not because of the income, because my real estate, um, my actual Amazon business and my other businesses generate my full time income. And to be completely honest, the education actually cannibalizes what I was telling you guys about spending less time and making more money because my education requires more of my time than my other uh, businesses. They're generating uh, income 24 seven, 365. But at a, cer a certain point in your career, you have to understand what impact is and what self-fulfillment is. See, so many people, they don't have X amount of money or they haven't accomplished enough things on their bucket list. So their main priority is money because they think that'll end everything. And being 27, 28 years old, self-made millionaire, I, I crossed everything off on my bucket list, retired my mom's, retired my wife, set my kids up with trust funds, traveled all around the world, money in the bank, 40 plus investment properties. And I found myself sitting in my living room like severely depressed, almost contemplating suicide. Like what, like what do I have left to do? What is left to do? I did everything. And so many people think that money buys happiness. And I'm telling you, I bought everything that I ever wanted, that I ever dreamt of. And I was depressed, man. And it all boils down to happiness comes from within. It comes from within and things that you do that's self-fulfilling. So it wasn't until I remembered me praying to God, literally like, God, show me something other than the street. Show me something other than what I'm doing to help me change my family's life. And I'll do whatever. Like, I remember, like, trying to barter with God, like, help me out. And, like, the, it just clicked. And I had an epiphany. And I said, you know what? Let me just start a personal brand. When I started my personal brand, I did it with zero intention of creating software, creating um, an online educational platform or nothing like that. I just wanted to give my gift away and I wanted to be a blessing to others. And it so rapidly grew that people off the information I had were their lives were changing all around the world. And it felt good. Like it sparked that it sparked that feeling in me when I had my first sale or when I made my first million. It sparked that spark again. And I was like, wow, maybe this is what I was meant to do. So the rest was all downhill from there. I've been teaching people. And literally, we have students in 63 plus different countries, thousands of students. And I do this because of the impact, not the income. So and I love it. I'm passionate about it. If you can't tell um, by this podcast. Nah, like I said, um, you know, I'm a, I'm a big proponent in education 
and um, all forms of education. I'm not anti-formal education, but I just feel like, you know, a lot of times, especially in this country, we're only taught to think that the only way that you can actually learn is through the traditional school system. And uh, I don't know how many times we have to realize that school system is broke. And, um, you know, unfortunately yeah, for the yeah. vast majority of people, that's not going to be enough. You need to learn outside of that. And that's even why we have EYL University and there's a, other, a bunch of other platforms. But, you know, it, it's, it's really interesting. Like I said, if you really think about it, people won't bat an eye at taking out student loans and you know, ruining their future <laughs> for money that they don't have. Le- leveraging to, the future. To pay for a degree that will amount to nothing. You know, communication. A lot of times. The reason why I say communications degree is I have a communications exactly, degree. Exactly. He's speaking first. I'm, I'm lucky enough to not have to use my degree. I'm an entrepreneur, but so I'm not bashing anybody that has a communications degree. I just I have a communications degree, and if I wasn't an entrepreneur, I'd be royally screwed right now. So, um, you know, what it, what is it as far as that is concerned? Because yeah, you know, you have a generic degree like communications or something like that, philosophy, and. Um, you go out in the world and you get a piece of paper and it's like, good luck and you know, let's hope that it works out for you. Really, that's all it is. Right, right. People, people often say it's a scam. You know, it's a scam, and it's because it's going against the grain. It's going against the norm. You're gonna get resistance whenever you go against the grain. Like we were talking earlier about just being able to do this and why. Like I was telling you what my family and even my parents were saying about this. You know, our generation before us and the generation before them didn't have this opportunity. It did not exist. So when you're going against the norm, when you're going against the grain and there's a new opportunity and it sounds too good to be true, people think that it's a scam because it does sound too good to be true. Everybody, there is two ways. You get an education or you learn a skill set. You're a doctor or a mechanic or a construction worker or you, that's it. That that was, that was um, basically the options that the people before us, our parents and our parents and our grandparents had. There was no other options. My grandfather worked in the steel mill, lost his hearing. He worked there his entire life. You know, a lot of our parents work at the same job and then they retire. Now things have changed, right? Communications have changed. Um, electronics have changed and the opportunity has changed along with it. And just like you said, going back to the school, I just think it's crazy. Um, that so many people, like we call it the 40-40 plan. So people literally spend $40,000 working 40 years of their life to retire on 40% of what they were making while they were working. And that's supposed to be okay. If you ask me, that's a scam because the person you're learning from, the professor you're learning from is not invested in your well interest. Their name is not associated to the curriculum that they're teaching. And nine times out of 10, man, to be honest, that curriculum is outdated and it's impersonal. Like, I believe the reason why I dropped out of high school wasn't because I was bad or I was dumb. I think that it's not fair that you, sh- you throw 30, 40 people in a classroom that all have different learning uh, sets and different uh, learning preferences, and you force them to learn the same way. I don't think it's right. And that's why, like, you know, the only difference between where I was and where I was now is, is learning that skill set. Like, if you want to increase your income, increase your skill set. It's that simple. So I'm a I'm a practitioner of education, mentorship um, all the time. I'm constantly flying around the world to learn from some of the best. It's the fastest way to fast track your success. Like, if you want to fast track your success and learn something, you just learn from someone who's done it. It's like the GPS. Like, when we travel, I get off the plane and I'm somewhere I don't know where I'm at. I enter in the, the, the instructions to the GPS to my hotel. Why do we use a GPS? Because it's going to take us somewhere we've never been with no confusion. We're not going to get lost. We're not going to waste gas. 
it's the same thing. Like education is the GPS to starting that business and being successful. Yeah, it's tough to argue with y'all when y'all talking about education, man. As somebody who's in the profession, man, what y'all saying is one thousand percent right. Um, but I, I'm interested in knowing how you were able to scale this, right? So I know you started out with uh, A to Z in Amazon, and now you have the Amazon formula. What was your methods to scaling this business uh, and growing it so fast? You went to sixty three countries, over ten thousand students. You made millions. What, what, what was the strategy? So the way that we scaled the education piece is just through literally focus. Before we scaled and we allowed the company to scale, we focused on the consumer and what the consumer needs. And since this was an education business that was based around something that I've already done, I knew exactly what you needed. So it was just dialing in on making sure that everybody got the attention that they needed, letting in beta students, going through the program, going through the entire process, helping them get results, and then getting feedback. Um, like one of the main things that we do that a lot of people don't do, um, and I thought it was, I almost didn't do it. I thought it was fluff and I was like, oh, I don't know if I should do this, is add a lot of mindset stuff to the program. We add a lot of mindset stuff to the program. Another way we were able to scale this and get have such a high student success um, ratios because of the live coaching. Instead of just a portal or a program that you go and, you know, good luck. There's actually live chat rooms that are active 24-7, 365. There's live bi-weekly coaching. So like the coaches and myself, everybody was literally getting feedback from everybody. And when somebody was stuck or became complacent, we got that feedback. And then we added systems. We added curriculum. We added different modules, um, different uh, areas of homework, things to help those people. So just perfecting that over the last few years, going back, diving into everything, dialing everything in is how we were able to scale. And once we had the infrastructure set up and our success rate was where we wanted it to be, then we were able to scale it. And we scaled it through um, through web classes, through presentations, through speaking, and just through uh, my personal brand. So what do you teach in your program? Like if somebody enrolls in a program, what are the, the things that they learn and what are the steps that are provided um, to help them um, Get up and running. Yeah, so the AMZ formula is perfect, irregardless if you're a beginner and you're just starting and today was the first time that you ever heard about Amazon or if you're already at five figures and you want to get to six or beyond seven, right? Because it teaches you everything in a chronological order, just like a book. So you start with the introduction, the acronyms, what is the business, how does the business work? Then you move on to product research. Um, from product research, we go on to um, verifying and validating the products. Then we go on to the next setting, which is going to be how to find a supplier, how to contact suppliers, um, how to negotiate, how to make sure that you, um, you know, your money is secured, your investment secured, that you're not getting scammed. The entire, the entire process. Then we move on to getting our products uh, checked into the fulfillment center and doing the micro launches, where we spoke about the proprietary section on how you can literally profit on a failed, failed product using this strategy. We want to micro launch it instead of doing the opposite of we're literally doing the opposite of what everybody's doing. Instead of getting our photos professionally taken and spending a bunch of money, we're getting it to Amazon as quickly as possible to get real data. Once it uh, passes the micro launch, then we move on to skyrocket and scale, which is how we literally um, scale that brand and we scale our business by ordering more products, reducing the, um, the product cost by renegotiating, increasing the quality through pictures, through branding, um, using exterior branding uh, methods like influencers that we talked about. And then we talk about 
the longevity aspect. So every business should have a plan. And this is not a hustle. And this is why I told you guys I, I fell in love with this business. I was tired of hustling. This is a real business. So irregardless if you want to leave this business to your kids, grandchildren, whomever, or you want to exit it, you need to have that strategy. So we share with you how to get an evaluation for your company, what you need to do to actually increase the valuation of your company and make it a legitimate company, your URL, your trademark, your copyright, the entire thing. And then actually where to go to sell your company if you want to sell your company. So we literally from start to finish show you how what the business is, how to start the business, how to find the products, um, and then how to exit that company down the road or you know how to set your, your company up to thrive uh, in the future through hiring VAs. If you want to automate this, if your goal is just to make uh, $10,000 a month or whatever it is, we show you how to automate it through VAs. If your goal is to replace your job and you need X amount of money, we show you how to reverse engineer that and how to build it. If your goal is just to create something that's going to make some money to get into another endeavor, we show you how to do everything. So it's literally perfect for everybody at any scenario. Yeah, I like what you said right there where it's like, you know, if you want to just earn $10,000 a month, um, that's the kind of talk I like right there. Like that's like bare minimum. It's like, <laughs> what are we talking about? That's minimum. That's minimum pay right there, ten thousand a month. And um, that's what we always say. I mean, that's why I said a hundred thousand. If it's not a hundred thousand, talk to him. We ain't we ain't rocking with it. So um, yeah, if you just want to make ten thousand, I like that. That's that's the kind of that's the kind of talk I Cloth like. Talk. That's big boy talk right there. <laughs> so um, so yeah, you know, it, it's 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 really dope because. Whenever, you know, we, we, we bring different people on and a lot of people do have courses and we always, you know, our number one priority is EYL, um, the community, EYL the community. Earners. So whenever we talk to people that, that have courses, we always try to get, you know, a special offer if we can. Um, we need, like, if they got a discount going, we need a discount plus some. <laughs> so, um, you know, I spoke to you about it and, um, you know, I asked you, like, you know, could you do a special deal for us? And you was gracious enough to um you know lower the price even lower than what it was and i think you have we have a special arrangement with eyl where we have a lower price than i think anybody else nowhere else on the internet yeah. can you get the um your package as low as you're going to get it from our link um so i appreciate that because like i say you know we, we had a couple conversations i kind of just explained to you why um you know it's important that we try to get the price as low as possible for our people. And, um, you know, to your credit, you was a gentleman about it. You had no problem and we worked it out. So can you, can you tell, um, the people like the, the deal? Cause like I said, I think we have the lowest price, um, on the market, right? Absolutely. Something special. So first and foremost, like I was blessed and just humbled to be on here. This is like an accomplishment for me to be able to speak and <laughs> give back to the community. Cause this is what I want to do. So um, it was perfect timing when you reached out to me because we literally just re-recorded the entire program and relaunched the AMZ Formula Remastered. So it's 70 plus videos, two dozen resources, bi-weekly coaching calls with me live. Uh, that's 24 calls a week. It's got we got a live chat room that's active 24/7, 365. And the price point for the AMZ Formula with all everything that was in the remastered section is 19.97. So what we did is we left it at 50% off for 9.97. But I said, you know what? 50% off isn't good enough. We need to do something special uh, for the EYL fam. So what we did is we created the funnel, moved everything separately, and even got our own special domain, which is EYLFBA.com. So on top of the 50% off, we knocked another $100 off, which will allow you to go ahead and get started, get your software, 
um, and get you started from A to Z. So it's www.eyl for earn your leisure, FBA for fulfillment by Amazon.com. Yeah. Um, and we also have the link in the description. If you're listening on Apple or Spotify, the description there. And then if you're watching this on YouTube, it'll be the description of this video. And we also have it on our website, earnyourleisure.com under our alumni programs tab. Um, you go to earnyourleisure.com and go to our alumni programs tab, and then it'll be up there. And, um, once again, I really appreciate you for doing that because, you know, it's imperative, you know, us as business people, we try to always get the best offer as possible. Yeah. So we want we want the best offer for you know our supporters and our community. Um, so that's why you know when I approached you with it, and um, you didn't try to go back and forth for me. You you knocked it down even further than what it was already discounted, and um, gave us you know rights to have the the cheapest on the market <laughs> as far as your product is concerned. So yeah, um, yeah I appreciate that, man. Um, one of one. Um, deal that you're running with Earn Your Leisure. Nobody else has that. And um, once again, we, we really appreciate yeah, man. that. We're we really gracious, man. And like I said, everybody, especially in these times, is using Amazon. So now we get to open their eyes to a way to make money from the actual uh, website itself. So thank you again. Absolutely. I appreciate it. It's a blessing to be a blessing, man. I'm super excited and humbled that you guys allowed me on the show. And I can't wait to contribute to each and everybody's success and uh and help everybody get started like it's, it's super humbling to be able to help people change their life with the business model that changed my life it's my favorite thing on planet earth so it's a blessing to be a blessing yeah you officially alumni josh so welcome welcome to the club yeah yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah for sure so um you know how can people follow you on social media uh website any other initiatives that you um have going on you know let the people be aware of how they can um, contact you. Yeah, for sure. So on Instagram, it's at official Joshua Crisp. On YouTube, it's just my name, Joshua Crisp. On Facebook, it's Joshua Crisp. Um, the the uh, the podcast is from nothing to something. The story from seven twenty five to seven figures. So that's on all major podcasts from nothing to something, and that's pretty much it, man. The AMZ formula. Dope. Dope. Um, Troy, housekeeping items? Yeah, yeah. Shout out to everybody on Patreon.com. That is our Project Pay program. Y'all know about that. I want to give a huge shout out to Rosetta. Uh, she called us from LA the other day. And shout out to all the law practitioners in, in uh, LA, the LA County, man. Had an amazing story about some of the things that they're planning, and hopefully we can be a part of that. And shout out to everybody on Earn Your Leisure University, man. That is our online school, man, and it is taking off. Everybody has uh, been hoarding to the, the site man so we are happy to have you and welcome you and everybody that's in our private real estate group headed up by our brother mg the mortgage guy shout out to y'all the earners are they they came out in full storm this month man so we we appreciate y'all and everybody that's been ordering the merch man we got some new colors up there so anybody that's been supporting that we appreciate you and uh we got some new co colors coming so be on the lookout for that yeah you see i got red on i think we got the red up there. i don't even got the red one i'm not even sure if we put it up there or not, <laughs> but we got we got a whole new collection of merch and then yeah um the private real estate facebook group is a whole entire wave so EarnYourLeisureUniversity.com. All the information is up there. That's that's off and running. We got about forty webinars already done. Yeah. We do weekly webinars. We do a bunch of different stuff. Um, got a book club, movie club, all kinds of stuff. It's a whole vibe. So, yes, once again, you know, we appreciate you guys for rocking with us. We'll see you next week. Stay safe, y'all. Be safe. Peace. Peace. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.